We often worry about our kids spending too much time staring into screens. We can talk, though. Many of us have our faces buried in them a lot of the time. Well, the chickens are coming home to roost, I'm afraid. Experts are concerned that rising rates of myopia in children and adults might be linked to screen use. We're going to look at how we can take better care of our eyesight generally today with an eye specialist. Professor Isabel Jalbert is from the School of Optometry and Vision Science at the University of New South Wales. Professor Jalbert, welcome to Life Matters. Good morning. Let's start by talking about myopia, though, Isabel. What exactly is it? What do we mean when we say that? So myopia is a problem with the refractive error of your eyes. So what's happening in myopia is when the light is coming into our eyes, um, instead of the light rays focusing on the back of the eye at the retina, um, they're focusing at a different spot and that's what's creating blurry vision. And what's actually occurring is the the eye is a little too long. It seems to be growing a little abnormally in people who develop myopia. So we call that an elongation of the eye. Okay, so yes, something about the structure of our eyes is changing. Uh, Mm -hmm. How serious is it when it happens? Well, we we used to think, you know, well, it's not a big problem. You just um, prescribe a pair of spectacles and that clears vision and everything is good. But no, actually, it's not that simple. Um, We've known known now for a few years that um, with myopia comes an increased risk of some potentially quite serious other eye problems as people get older. So people who have myopia have increased risk of developing conditions like glaucoma and cataract, which a lot of the listeners might have heard of already. Also things like retinal detachment and a condition called myopic maculopathy. The listeners might be familiar with um, having heard about the macula, a condition called macular degeneration. So there's a similar condition that can occur that's called myopic maculopathy, where the really uh, fine central part of your eye that's responsible for our really detailed vision um, is impacted. And all of those conditions can potentially lead to reduced vision or blindness, unfortunately. Lots of people starting to text in with their questions and comments about eyes, uh, myopia, but eyes in general as well. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to run this statistic by you that I read recently, Isabel, that that 50% of the world's population will have myopia by the year 2050. What's going on there? Do we know? So a combination of things. So certainly genetics has got a part to play. Um, for example, we know that if you've one of your parents has got myopia, you've probably got it roughly about three times the risk of developing yourself. If both of your parents have got myopia, that risk is increased to roughly about six times. So that kind of speaks to the genetics component. But there's something else going on because we do know and the predictions are that the rates of myopia are really, really increased in our modern society. Um, So we think what's happening there is changes in the environment in which we're kind of living these days. Um, So screen viewing has been indirectly linked to more uh, short-sightedness so going to being more educated looking close up doing lots of reading lots of screen viewing has been associated with more myopia Um, but that's kind of an indirect link it's actually the lack of outdoor time including the lack of focusing in the distance that seems to matter the most Uh, and perhaps also a bit more exposure to sunlight that seems to be beneficial 
So really what's important is um, to promote going outdoors if you want to help prevent and slow down myopia. So it's not just that going outdoors means you're not spending that time on a screen. There's something specific to the time spent outdoors or what your eyes are doing out there that's helpful. Yeah, so we know the studies are really showing that it's super beneficial to go outdoors. So, for example, some studies have shown that, you know, if you increase the time you spend outdoor by, say, an hour and a quarter, you can reduce your risk potentially by almost 50%. So really important to go outdoors. And, yeah, we do think it's not just not being um on your screen while you're outdoors. It's really something about looking at distance, perhaps something about exposure to sunlight, perhaps a link with vitamin D. Lots of research going on in this space. Mm. Um, so when I translate that to what parents should be thinking about, because we're really particularly concerned about children developing myopia, uh, make sure your kids after school go outdoors for one to two hours a day is what we recommend. Um, and, you know, uh, looking at a distance, um, doing some sports won't hurt them anyway. No, um, no there's no yeah, downside, yeah. is there? Yeah. The interesting yeah. text coming through, Isabel, KJ mm-hmm. in Geelong says, does time on screens have the same effect as traditional reading or, or is that worse for our eyes? She says, I'm spending more time on screens due to my work and my myopia is worsening, but I do love to read a lot too and I'm reluctant to give up something I love. She mm-hmm. says, my myopia was relatively stable for most of my adulthood, but my prescription has definitely changed in my 50s. What might be going on there? So in your 50s, um, there's a couple of other things might be going on as well. So there's other structures in the eyes that might be um, responsible for some of the refractive errors error changes that we see. Um, so it's certainly important to get tested regularly. So for adults, we recommend, you know, every two years. Um, so we do see increased in myopia in adults as well. So it is possible that the rate might increase, um, but there may be other things going on, some changes in the lens inside the eye, for example, that might also lead to refractive error changes. So um, important to get it checked and see what's going on there. Yes. Um, so in in terms of whether, you know, screen and reading is the same, there's still a lot of research going on in that space. So it certainly seems to be the main driver is um, the distance at which you look. So the closer you look, uh, probably the higher risk um, you're facing. So um, the differences between paper versus screen there may be difference there in terms of you know how much symptoms you're getting but whether that changes how much myopia you're getting i think that answer is less clear we're speaking that makes sense. yes yeah. yeah this is fascinating to learn i think you know mm-hmm. a lot of us have a lot of uh, assumptions or half heard things that we remember about myopia it's really great to get some some on the ground mm-hmm. scientific evidence we're speaking with professor isabel jalbert uh, who's from the school of optometry and Vis- vision science at the university of new south wales jane's sent in this lovely one years ago i did a 5 day climb to mount kilimanjaro so my focus was long distance to get there and on the descent when i went inside it was really difficult to focus it took a few days to adjust. So the reverse of screen time, she says. Sam's got a question about the causes of myopia. Could babies' eyes become myopic when very young in the pram because parents put a cloth over the pram to protect the baby from the sun, but that forces the baby to focus on the close cloth, not the distant sky? Is that a concern, Isabel? 
Um, I think that's not such a concern, and it is a good idea to protect from the sun. Um, and I, I think that's a you know probably a short term exposure, so not so such a concern. What's important though for um, infants and babies is to try to limit the amount of screen viewing. Certainly, the WHO recommendations are that you know we shouldn't expose children to screens before age two. Um, Okay, maybe for the occasional, you know, video conference call with grandparents who are overseas, that sort of thing. But certainly don't get children on the screens regularly. So we want to, you know, let them appreciate the normal environment. Um, when kids are preschool age, try to limit that to less than an hour a day if possible. Um, and then once they're at school, uh, the recommendations are less than two hours per day outside of school hours um, and do that with breaks. Now, I have children myself. I know that hard, yes. hard that can be. Um, and when uh, we do studies to look at how much hours children spend on screen, uh, most studies suggest that children do exceed those guidelines. Um, so re really good at this time of year, I think, to remind ourselves what the recommendations and a good target would be, uh, which is no more than two hours a day outside school. Um, and then uh, recommend regular breaks as well. Um, you did a study, didn't you, Isabel, about what happens when children look at smartphones for extended period of time. What happens to the, the ways their eyes function? So we did a study. We were interested to see what happens um, over the short term. So we um, asked children to play a game on their start for smartphone for just an hour. wasn't too difficult to find volunteers for that, as you can imagine. Um, so we had children aged 6 to 15, so school-aged children. And what we were able to confirm is that we do get a, a decrease in the comfort of the eye within that one-hour period. Period. So when we measured symptoms, um, children reported tiredness during the study, more dryness and more discomfort. But perhaps more interestingly, we looked at what happens to their rate of blinking during that time. And we could see that the blink was immediately reduced and that was sustained for the whole hour. So um, although we didn't see anything like dry in that study, we are concerned about what that reduction in the rate of blinking might mean over the long term um, for these children for their risk of developing problems with um, dry eye, for example. So why, why is dry eye a problem? It's, it's uncomfortable and a lot of people are texting in saying, why has this come up in my middle age? I hate it. But can mm. it actually be damaging as well? Yeah, dry can be quite a serious condition, uh, more than people imagine. It is uh, now thought to be a sort of an inflammatory condition of the eye. So if it's not managed properly and left uh, unchecked, it can lead to some quite devastating impact as well. So you get you know, an increase in redness, you can get um, damage to the front surface of the eye um, because what's occurring in dry is that uh, the protective protective layer, the protective system at the front surface of our eye is not functioning properly. So our T-film, which is supposed to um, keep our eye moist and wet, is evaporating too quickly, it's getting too concentrated, and it's not protecting the surface like it should. Um, and that leads to symptoms, leads to damage to the surface, um, and can even lead to you know infections over the longer term if it's not managed properly.
Another quick question about myopia, Professor Jalbert. Mm-hmm. Can it be yeah. reversed if you catch it early enough in childhood? Unfortunately, it's not curable once it's there. Um, so what we can do, though, we can try to slow its progression. Um, so what's really important there is to go and consult an eye care practitioner to access some of the latest treatments for myopia. So there are a number of different treatments that have been shown to be effective to help slow down any progression. Um, so, you know, in the old days, we just used to prescribe plain spectacles to manage myopia, but now there's a number of treatments available. There are specialty type spectacles that can be prescribed. There are uh, special types of soft contact lenses that can be prescribed. Also some eye drops that children can use daily to try to help slow down the, produ- the progression. So special prescription eye drops. And there are also these a specialty type of contact lenses, um, a technique called orthokeratology. So those are rigid lenses that are worn overnight um, by children and people. They help correct the vision, but they also have been shown to be effective in slowing down the progression. So which of the treatments is good for who? Um, that's something you really need to consult a specialist for. But if you go see an optometrist, an ophthalmologist, they'll be able to advise you on which of these treatments is best. And when we're thinking about myopia in children, when should we start looking out for the signs of that to make sure we can catch it early? So really important to get an eye test, um, you know, early for children to try to detect any uh, other problems. So I'm thinking of problems like um, uh, squints so or uh, what's called sometimes a lazy eye, so amblyopia or strabismus. Um, so these things can be detected and they need to be detected early as much as possible so that uh, they can be corrected and the vision can develop normally in these children. So if you can get an eye test done, you know, uh, by three or four years of age or earlier if you suspect something's not quite right, um, um, and then after that, uh, an eye test every year in children is really important. Um, children who develop myopia usually will complain that they can't see in the distance or you'll see them squinting when they're trying to look at something in the distance. So that's certainly signs to look out for. Mm. Um, Lots of people yeah. texting in with questions, oh, so many questions, but I'll, I'll run through the myopia ones just quickly yep. first, Isabel. Angela sure. in Lilydale says, does diet help, for example, fish oil or veggies? Do we have any uh, ideas about the lifestyle impacts that we can manage to keep our eyes healthier? That's a great question. Um, so we don't, certainly diet helps for your eyes. Um, so we certainly, um, I want to tell people to, yes, look at diet. It will help a lot for lots of different eye conditions. The ones that we know it helps the most most for are things like macular degeneration, dry, have been strongly linked to, to um, a diet. So Try to promote a diet rich in omega-3, so things like fish, nuts, um, and antioxidant is going to be helpful for eyes. Um, The link with myopia is less strong, but certainly there's also a lot of research going on um, there. So it it will help to try to promote a healthy diet. Um, Yes. Uh, Also, don't smoke. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. What about sleep? Is that important? 
Sleep also important. Um, again, the the links have been shown with conditions like dry. Uh, some really interesting research going on in that space. Um, it seems that uh, if you promote good sleep, so you know at least seven eight hours a day, um, that's likely to help protect the ocular surface, so make you less likely to develop conditions like dry. So yes, sleep really important as well. Some of the other research, not necessarily eye-related, does suggest also to limit the screen use um, immediately before sleep as well is beneficial to promote good sleep. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Ted, Ted in Sydney texts in, my optometrist has given me some behavioural exercises to do each night that involve focusing close and far to prevent the focus locking up and making myopia worse. Is that an increasingly accepted solution, says Ted? Um, we certainly do recommend that if people are looking close up constantly, so reading or looking at a screen, it's a good idea to try to take regular breaks and then um, look in the distance. So that's something that uh, we recommend as a, you know, a, a good habit to develop. Um, the what's been, as I said, what's been shown is the looking, going outdoor is the strongest benefit that's been shown. Um, the studies about looking in the distance are not as strong, but you know, I think it's a good idea to recommend regular breaks from the screen when you do that to try to blink as much as possible. Um, so we often talk about the 2020 rule. So every 20 minute, try to take a 20 second break and try to focus in the distance if you can. Um, and, you know, there's not necessarily studies that have tested that per se, but it's probably good general recommendations uh, for people to try to you know, improve the general health of their eyes. Yes, what I'm taking home from this interview is, okay, we've got to be a certain distance away from the screen, no closer than the distance from our elbow to our fist. We've got to have mm -hmm. breaks. We've got to get outside for one or two hours a day and we can't mm -hmm. spend too much time overall on our screens. I, I feel like that's a, a fantastic message to send out there, Isabel. Just one Great. final question. What about those blue blocking lenses, if we use them when we're using screens? Do they help protect our eyes at all? So the evidence in terms of the benefit of blue blocking lenses um, is not very strong for your eyes. So it, the studies that have looked and summarised the evidence have not shown great benefits in terms of, you know, protecting you from myopia or anything. So it's not something we particularly recommend. Um, for your eyes. Now, that's not to say that there might not be um, other concerns about blue light exposure for sleep, for example, but that's not my area of research and so I can't really speak to that. But for your eyes, not particularly beneficial, no. Well, thank you so much for bringing your area of research to bear so helpfully for our listeners today. It's been great to talk to you. Fantastic. Thank you. Professor Isabel Jalbert from the School of Optometry and Vision Science at the University of New South Wales. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.